Welcome to the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Connecting you with trendsetters who are leading innovation in public safety and expert advice on growing your own post-law enforcement business. And now, your host, Adam Wills. Thanks for joining me for episode 32 of the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. This is kind of a fun episode because my guest today is the unseen hero behind the Public Safety Innovators Podcast, my podcast manager, James Healy. Today, we're going to talk about why he and I both believe that podcasting for public safety agencies is a largely untapped market that you and your agency should be getting involved in. And for the copreneurs listening to the show, we are also going to discuss just how powerful podcasting can be for growing your own business. So let's quit wasting time here and jump into my interview with the man, the myth, and almost the legend, James Healy. James, welcome to the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. It's great to have you on. Hey, thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so this is kind of a fun episode because many people don't realize, but you are kind of like the the unseen brains behind the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, it's been fun working with you on it and helping you, first of all, just helping you start it and you were doing it all on your own and then it quickly grew and you got a little overwhelmed and you're like help <laughs> and so i yeah i've jumped in and, yeah. and been helping you out with it and it's it's great i love the content i love what you're doing with it and how it's growing it's really fun i love i love doing the podcasting thing too so well, not to stoke your ego too much or anything, but truthfully, I, I feel like the audience needs to know that if it wasn't for James, this podcast would really not be around right now, certainly not in its current state, because, uh, uh, you know, James is my podcast manager for the Public Safety Innovator podcast. But more importantly than that, y- you helped me come up with the concept. I kind of came to you with <laughs> this jumbled thought of mess of ideas, and I really didn't have any format to it. And you helped me come up with a way to create a format for the show. And so you're, you're, you truly are the reason why the show is in its current state. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Well, it's been a great collaboration. I think we work well together, uh, brainstorming ideas and coming up with concepts. Trying some, a lot of them work, some don't, but that's the way it goes. <laughs> yeah, we've good. made some adjustments along the way, haven't we, yeah. too? <laughs> we, you got to do that in, in business and in life. Well, right. today, uh, we've got you on the show. We're going to talk about podcasting kind of in mm-hmm. general, uh, the power of podcasting, if you will, and, and how to leverage podcasting. Uh, we're going to, we want to kind of break that down into two areas and talk, uh, to both law enforcement administrators here that are listening to the show, uh, mm-hmm. and how law enforcement agencies or, or even public safety agencies in general, mm-hmm. uh, can leverage podcasting. And then we're going to talk to, the, uh, the, the business owner entrepreneur here as well and, and talk about those concepts too. So let's, let's start to unpack this idea of sure. 
how podcasting can be used in the public safety sector. Yeah, you know, you and I have, have talked about this a little bit in the past, and I've definitely thought about it myself. And podcasting has come on definitely a little stronger in this last year during the pandemic, I think, where people have yeah. a little more time to focus on different digital things, you know, whether they're on social media more or getting into podcasting, of course, meeting through Zoom or whatever it is. But podcasting is basically, you know, it's like on-demand radio and you can have your content coming out through a podcast that is hosted for free on all kinds of different platforms. It can be heard around the world and it can be a great way to communicate any sort of message that you might want to get out there. And it can be kind of a narrow cast. I think we've talked about this before. It's not so much broadcasting like uh, national radio or national TV is going everywhere on cable or whatever. It's just going to a, a core group of listeners or people and that those people can be in your local community right like you can have kind of a local podcast that is speaking to a local community or like you've done with your podcast you're speaking to a, a kind of a specific group of people in the law enforcement and military and public safety space firemen and i think Law enforcement agencies could tap into that. And I know some have. There are some uh, law enforcement podcasts out there. And they are using that to either monthly or every other week or whatever it is. And most of the time podcasts go weekly, but sometimes that can be a lot of work to put together every week. But to put out some it sort is of a lot of work. <laughs> some sort of bulletin or newsletter or message to the community and it doesn't have to be Everybody just needs news. A <laughs> it can be fun things yeah. you know i'm here in a uh, little bozeman montana town of about fifty thousand people valley itself is about a hundred thousand and every day in the newspaper they have a section with the police report and you know they tell how many calls the police got and the sheriff's office got and then they highlight about eight from each department and they highlight the ones that are entertaining right you know and it's montana so it'll be 12 bison were on the highway and blocking traffic or something like that you know <laughs> so it's just a way to they make good hamburger <laughs> <laughs> it's a way for for those police reports to to kind of give a chuckle and and show that the police department the sheriff's office they're they're real people and they're dealing with these kind of goofy calls all the time and, and yeah it's just one way to keep them top of mind as well and i think you could intersperse some of those kind of segments into a podcast uh, because podcasting and using radio or voice is a highly uh, emotional, empathic way to communicate with people. When people listen through their headphones or their earbuds and they're not watching a video, their minds actually can understand more emotion than you can watching a video. It's this weird thing. Yeah. They've done studies that I, I have 
Actually, I could put this in the show notes. <laughs> There's a link to a, a study they did at Yale. They conducted five different experiments to show that audio and audio alone had more emotional connection uh, because when you're using your brain, just like a computer is using more than one program at one time, if your brain is doing that, then it has to kind of scale its energy resources to different things. Um, if you're only using your your audio, your ears, um, you can actually hear emotions uh, in that sort of thing. That's why they've always said, you know, if you're on a, you know, you're in the marketing on a sales call or something <laughs> to smile when you're on the phone, people can hear you smile, right? Uh, or um, yeah. how radio shows back in the day were so engaging for people and to the point where you know, people believe the war of the worlds <laughs> was a real thing because it sounded so real. It really got people into it. There was so much emotion into it. So I think there's a lot of ways that uh, public safety could communicate with their local community. I got, I got one more quick answer. I, I know I'm rambling a little bit here, but a quick uh, example. So we had a big forest fire here uh, just outside of town last summer. Uh, the mountains fire just blew up in an afternoon and it went down the other side of the mountains it, it burned down a bunch of homes the whole valley had to be evacuated and there was a facebook page that for communicating what was happening around that fire it was a community page and it grew to like thirteen thousand people in six to eight hours right like every because that's where everyone was getting their real-time information and so the sheriff's department and the police uh and the fire department the uh, national forest service that when they were giving their press briefings they were live streaming it on that page because it had such a big audience so there's a way to communicate some of those kind of emergency yeah. situations or real-time events as well um, because you can live stream a podcast and people can listen to it anywhere they can listen on their on their smartphones in their cars now cars have podcast players a lot of times uh, it's just a really easy way to to tap into some some of the uh, news of, of what's going on too so yeah podcasting i don't think it's certainly not a good way to get like happening now information out there right like you said there's there's other channels that are more appropriate for that yeah. But I do think that there's some proactive ways in which pro podcasting can be used. And so I, I want to, first, I want to kind of break a mindset barrier here real quick, because I think mm -hmm. part of the challenge in why this concept hasn't been adopted by public safety organizations and more specifically law enforcement up to this point. Uh, and, and I've talked about this on the show before we have this. Yeah. Uh, old order, that's the way we've always done it kind of mentality in law enforcement. And it's very mm -hmm. traditional, which is a good thing. But um, I like to break that, uh, that mentality of that's the way we've always done it. And I think podcasting truthfully does not get enough credit. And I think there's, there's this assumed thought of, you know, is there really an audience for me? And so with that said, I want to share something here real quick. These are some some statistics, yeah. some statistics from April uh, of this this year. So right now, these are current statistics. There are over two million different podcasts currently. 
with over 48 million episodes total. It says here that 75% of the U.S. population is familiar with the term podcasting. Over 50% of all U.S. homes are podcast fans. And over 37%, which is 104 million people, listen to podcasts at least every month. So there's mm-hmm. there's certainly an, there's an audience there. And I've always said, and this is part of what got me into podcasting, it really doesn't matter what your niche is and what your podcast is about guarantee you there is an audience for it in the world of podcasting. Right. Right. Because you can speak to a very narrow audience, a very specific group of people, whether it's in a community or within a um, niche or uh, an interest group, right? Like if you're really into, you're a a grizzly bear researcher (laughs) here in Montana, you have a podcast on that. I don't know if there is a podcast on that, but you could probably (laughs) have one and you you would have an audience of the other 300 bear researchers around the world who would listen to everything you're putting out there. You know, a a seven-year-old, I know you have kids. He loves stories podcasts, right? And, and, because kids love stories, stories are super engaging, and these kids' stories podcasts have big audiences, and they can have an audience of kids aged three to six, and you can have kind of specific stories for that group, and you're just always going to have a bunch of people listening to that. Uh, I think the the local kind of more community-based podcasts are something that's a little newer, um, and we're starting to see more of those. I'm helping some people start some of those in all kinds of different industries, but they can help people in their local communities with different problems and then be seen as kind of that local expert and guide and the local authority on whatever it is. And yeah, like I said, the you know big part of brand and uh, your brand building, whether you're a a public safety professional or a department, police department, you've, you've got to protect your brand as well, or a business is communication and open and, and consistent communication with uh, your audience and the people that are listening to you. And I'm sure that's why that little bit in the newspaper has been running, you know, for over, well over 30 years. Like it's been going every day in the paper because that's how they can consistently communicate kind of what's going on. But think about how much more engaging and entertaining those stories would be if they actually were, you know, uh, explaining those on a podcast, right? You could hear the people saying, here's what happened. And maybe, maybe the officer comes on and actually shares his story about what exactly happened, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, you get a whole, you can create a whole story out of these little two sentence reports, right? Like, yeah, I, I saw, I saw one the other week. It was like, you know, some woman called cause she found a gun in the backseat of her car. She had no idea who it was. Right. And then the very next line was like, some kid came in to, to the, to the station, um, because, his friend's mom turned in his gun that he left in the back of his car or something, right? Like he had accidentally left the gun in the back of the, the kid's the mom's car. And, uh, she didn't know whose it was turned it in. He had to go fess up to the officers and everything. So, I mean, there's a story behind that. <laughs> It'd be kind of fun to tell. 
There are a lot of those examples. Yeah. Well, and, you know, when I was uh, under sheriff, the sheriff and I, we used to go into the radio station uh, a couple times a month and we would yeah. get on the air and we would have, uh, you know, it, it depends. It depended upon what was going on and how much time there was available to us. But we'd spend an hour or half an hour at least um, on the air just talking about what sort of cases we've had recently, what sort of things the yeah. community needed to keep an eye on. If there was an increase in, uh, you know, motor vehicle thefts in a certain area or sure. uh, whatever type community programs or upcoming events we had going on, you know, we were able to talk about those things. And I mean, obviously that translates really well into a podcast and I, I, it just seems mm -hmm. so obvious to me. I wish there was more law enforcement agencies doing this. Oh, it, it does. And so many people used to do those radio shows. I don't know that a lot of people do anymore. Um, and not a lot of people are tuning into the radio as much as they no. used to. I don't think everybody's right? on Spotify, <laughs> on Spotify or maybe Sirius or something. I don't know, but they're, you know, they're, they're listening to something else because you know, those AM stations or the small local radio stations used to always have those extra little spots available. But again, you had to, to haul your butt down to the station and, and get there and sit down and do all of that. Whereas with the podcast, right? Then we're sitting here in our home offices, uh, able to connect and record, and then we can schedule it when it gets when it goes out and then it's available it's always available 24 7 for people to listen to it's not just when it's on air uh, coming out of the radio station yeah i have yeah. i actually yeah. was listening to some of the the podcasts of some of the police departments uh, around the country and a lot of them were doing exactly what you're, you're saying providing a lot of those information about events uh even when you know they're like we have op job openings. We're, we're down some people. Yeah, all kinds of different ways to update the community because th things can be seasonal too, right? You're going to see different things, different times of year that you want to, you're just reminding people about. Absolutely. Well, I, uh, obviously the podcast has done good things for me and maybe that's a, maybe I just need to be a little bit transparent in this podcast and share, share some <laughs> of my experience. Cause you know, obviously we want to talk a little bit here on the show as well about how businesses and more specifically mm -hmm. the, the copreneur um, that's listening to this show can, can leverage podcasting either to, to, to grow their business or even I would argue pre-business, right? L like, before you even have a formalized business plan and you're actually taking people's dollars in exchange for a product or service, I think podcasting, because as you and I know, you're a fellow story brand certified guide. So that's mm -hmm. how we connected. A value is first, right? We want to deliver value. Right. And if you can deliver content that is valuable to an audience to prove your authority and demonstrate the, the legitimacy of a concept then mm -hmm. you are going to have a much greater chance at launching a business off of that when the time comes. And so share, share with me some of your experiences and what you've seen and the successes you've seen from uh, clients that you've worked with and, and being able to start or grow a business because it was piggybacking on podcasting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's, it's a huge authority builder. 
And it's a way for you to communicate with, with an audience that might be prospects, your possible customers, and, and hear directly from them what their problems are and how you can help them, right? You, you, because you can ask them to email you or call a number or whatever it is when you are talking about a certain topic or if they have questions about something, you can get feedback. Just like old radio shows used to have the call-in number, right? And people would call in with their problems and the the doctor would answer their questions or whatever show it was, right? Um, right. And I think it's a way for people to then flush out ideas. I have a podcaster right now. She has basically organized an entire book, right? And she's kind of outlined it and has all of the ideas on it. And so she's taking that outline and putting it out there as a podcast first so that she gets feedback from people on the content for that book so that she can refine it. So when she writes the book, it's an even better book. And both of, of having a podcast and That's a book a are like idea. a double whammy for boosting your authority in today's world. I know a book, I do a little book publishing too, right? The books have always been shown to have more credibility boosting power than a master's degree. Right. So because most people don't mm -hmm. ever ask you where you went to school or where you got your degree or any of that sort of thing, you either got your authority because of your title, who you've worked with, or if you're an author or now a podcaster. And that's how people are going to introduce you if you're a speaker at an event or something. Right. They're going to introduce you as an author of a book or a host of a certain podcast or they've worked with these brand brand name companies that someone might recognize or something like that right those those are the things that are going to give you the the status in the audience's eyes yeah i re i really like that idea and and i've seen you know you found a lot of success because you've been able to adapt and adjust your idea around what you're offering and who you're helping by having the podcast right like by talking to the people you interview and then talking to the people who respond and the listeners who are, are reaching out to you and you're inviting them to do that. And it's helping you really refine your purpose and what you're going to be doing moving forward with your business. And I think for someone, especially who's just starting out, it's a way to get that basically by just getting a little bit of equipment and putting some time into it, <laughs> you know, you can, you can do it yourself and there's, there's courses to help you. Uh, and I did some coaching programs that were helping that helped Adam start, but yeah, it's, it's available, right? It's, it's available to us. All you need is a decent mic and a laptop and you're good to go. If you're a copreneur running a side hustle, you've most definitely asked yourself this question. How do I know when it's time to leave my full-time job and go all in with my business? Well, some would suggest that when your income from your side hustle has reached at least 60% of your full-time salary, that it is a safe assumption that a departure from your full-time gig would allow your side hustle the opportunity to make up the difference. That's crap. To put it bluntly, this is nothing more than a vanity metric. 
There is no magical data-driven metric that can be universally applied to every situation. This is a personal decision for you to make based on your own circumstances. But nonetheless, I get it. It's hard to leave the comfort of a guaranteed paycheck, health insurance, and paid time off. So for those of you craving some sense of direction about what to do and a roadmap to follow, let me help you out. Here's a little exercise that you can use. First, picture yourself where you want to be in three to five years. Now, jump in the DeLorean and go three to five years into the future. If you saw yourself doing the same exact thing that you're doing now, how would that make you feel? Are you okay with that or not? Now, what if you asked your future self why you were still doing the same thing and they said, well, I never fully pursued it because I was afraid of failing. How would that make you feel? If you answered that you would be unhappy as future you and unhappy with yourself for not trying, then I would say you need to seriously consider taking your business full time. If you have a proven business concept and a copernurial drive, the other metrics will all come together. I promise. Thank you for listening to this chapter of the business brief sponsored by Leo to CEO.com. Everything you need to start and grow your post law enforcement business. Yeah, truthfully, I mean, the upfront investment is, is uh, insignificant in comparison to what you gain out of it. Because like you said, this, mm-hmm. this has really helped me refine my purpose in my business. Like you said, because when I, when I left my law enforcement career, I ventured out in a completely different direction than what most cops do, right? Most cops end up, you know, going into being a private investigator, private security, corporate security, you know, that sort of stuff. And web design had always been a passion of mine. It was a hobby. And so I stepped out and was like, I started this business working as a marketing strategist and a web designer. And I was working really with any client, any client that had the budget to work with me that I thought was a good fit, regardless (laughs) of their industry and what they were, what they were selling. I would work with. And there was this light bulb moment that went off for me back uh, last summer. Last summer, I had a client that was in the public safety space. They They were selling a product that was for law enforcement. And there was a light bulb that went off in my head because I was like, wait a second. I know exactly how to help them because I was an administrator and I know exactly how to market to that person (laughs) because I know what problem they're facing and how, and how to communicate to them how to. And so anyway, through that, I realized these are the people I want to work with more companies in the public safety space. And that was where Mm -hmm. I formed the idea of the of, Hey, maybe I should try podcasting. It seems like everybody's having success with podcasting right now. And, but I, I almost talked myself out of it because I thought, yeah, I was like, surely there's not an audience for that. Surely, surely there isn't. And it's not going to work out. We tried it anyway. And the Mm -hmm. response has been phenomenal. I mean, there's the followership for the show has been awesome. It has helped me grow my business and specifically working with both companies that are in the public safety space, but also this unintentional audience kind of appeared out of nowhere. And that was what I call the copreneur. And it's all these, these cops like me that were starting their own businesses. And so it's just a, it's just my own personal testimony to how powerful podcasting can be to your business. And does it take some of my time? Yes. Have I spent 
good chunk of money uh, <laughs> to be able to run this podcast and grow it right. and do it right. And, you know, hiring a James to, to edit it and run it for me. Yes. But <laughs> it is, it's been a worthwhile investment for me. Yeah. Going back to what you're saying about, you weren't sure if there was an audience big enough. I, I would say any group that has any sort of conferences or get togethers or used to pre pandemic, that kind of thing. And we'll probably have them again, or has some sort of magazine dedicated to that industry, industry wide magazines or anything like that. There's definitely going to be a big enough audience that's going to listen to a podcast. Um, and there are interest groups that have all kinds of special magazines and get togethers and everything from computer coders to Trekkies and Star Wars fans or something. <laughs> I'm sure there I'm sure there are podcasts for Star Wars <laughs> fans, guaranteed. And going back to that number, you I yeah. two million podcasts. Now it sounds like there's a lot of podcasts. Two million is is nothing compared to how many blogs. And that was a, a way for people to express their authority and expertise without having to write a book, right? You could start a blog pretty quickly and easily. And I think there are well over th- like 350 million you know blogs probably more not all are active and it's the same thing with the podcast with those 2 million i think there are only only about 800,000 that are active on a regular basis there are a huge number that were actually started during the pandemic that only have one episode <laughs> so someone you know a lot oh, of people really? had the idea that we're going to we're going to start this podcast and they go through the process of putting something together and then you know they lose steam pretty quickly may as well do something while i'm sitting in my basement in quarantine <laughs> yeah. yeah you have to get you have to get your systems yeah. figured out and that can be the trickiest part i think is like getting a system and a routine around it but i think Within the public safety space, a lot of those guys are used to systems and getting things done efficiently because they have to. It's yeah. part of their job all the time, right? Yeah. So. so let's say I'm a law enforcement agency or uh, a copreneur that wants to start my own podcast. What what do I focus mm-hmm. on, right? Because like you said, I think we have a tendency to overcomplicate it, right? People think, oh, I've got to buy this huge expensive microphone and I've got to buy all this. I've got to right. have a sound like a professional studio. <sighs> and So why don't you, right. can you just be realistic with the audience and tell them if you want to get started, what do you really need? What do you actually need? Yeah. I mean, as far as equipment goes, you really like you said, you really only need a decent USB microphone, which is going to cost you about $100 or less that can plug right into your computer. There's free software to record. system we're using right now has a free option. You can record on, on uh, Zencaster, yeah, Zencaster. For free. If you're doing, doing interviews, there's software on your computer usually. If you have a Mac, there's GarageBand. Not super great for editing, but it'll get the job done, and and you can record on there if you're just recording pieces. There's free music you can find in different places if you're if you're looking for background music or intro music or that sort of thing. But even if you're going to pay for a licensed piece, it's probably only going to cost you nineteen dollars or something that you can use. Um, and 
other than that, you know, some headphones, maybe earbuds sometimes is nice to have when you're doing interviews or that sort of thing, recording and and playing back and editing. Uh, And then some sort of either a course or training or something that's going to help guide you through that. And I'm sure you can find a course, um, you know, what's that going to run $700 or something for a decent course out there. I don't have a course myself, but I do do the group coaching. Uh, every once in a while, we run a cohort and help people set up. And and that can that can be helpful because you get a lot more. It's a smaller group, right? Like six, eight people at the most. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get feedback, and and I think that's what really helped you is like we had to we got to talk every week about the focus of the show and who your audience was and what your purpose was, how you wanted to help, how you could connect with these people that you wanted to help, right? Because you realize you wanted to help people in the public safety space with their businesses and their marketing and working through that sort of thing. So we decided, well, let's interview them. (laughs) You're going to be able to have the conversations with them. And uh, having the conversations with the people you want to help allows you to then show your expertise and show how you can help them. So you get to be a mentor and a guide while providing uh, content that's going to help someone else in that same situation, right? Um, Who listens to the show. So I think, I think this is probably one of the biggest things is really you have to start to figure out who you want to help and how you want to help them or what sort of, content what sort of service and value you want to provide through the the podcast and and it's it's not going to be perfect right out of the gate <laughs> i think that's a big hurdle people have no, too it's like not. you're saying you people think they need to have all the right equipment well i think sometimes people think they need to have the the perfect content <laughs> i'm not gonna name names but i know one of our fellow story brand guides has been talking about starting a podcast for over a year and just hasn't pulled the trigger (laughs) probably recorded one episode but it hasn't gone live and it's just because they're so worried about it being just right and then the right sequence and the everything sounding perfect and now you you figure it out here's what i've learned about that you learn by doing more than anything (laughs) just jumping in taking action well and that's just you know what Every time I've ever thought that what I was setting out to do had to be perfect before I did it. Usually what I found when I got it all together, I'm like, okay, it's perfect now. And now I can do this thing. Usually what I discover is that it actually wasn't perfect and I got to change it anyway. And so, uh, (laughs) you know, like you may as well, you may as well just get started. And, you know, I like, I saw this quote and I just saw this earlier today, and of course, it's it's already the exact verbiage has already slipped my mind. But it was uh, something like getting it getting it done and and not having it perfect is better than having it perfect and and never n- it never seeing the light, right? And so, right. you know, it's it's far more effective to just get your ideas together and get started with something, and you just yeah. adjust as you go if you have to, you know. So yeah, and sometimes it's silly things, you know, sometimes people don't like to hear the sound of their own voice or they, they, the old 
thing where you don't think you have enough expertise to to share it out there in the Imposter world, syndrome. right? Yeah, and like a friend of mine used to say, <laughs> in the in the valley of the blind, the one eyed man is king. You, if there are people out there who know less than you, then you are an expert in their in their eyes, right? Like you just you can help someone and someone above you can help you. And that's sometimes where a podcast can come in handy. If you're doing an interview style, you can interview people who know more than you. And suddenly you're taking your platform and you're learning from it. I've learned so much about your Mm -hmm. industry by helping you. It's fascinating. It's one of the things I love about podcasting, uh, not just listening to podcasts, but helping people put theirs together is that I get to learn about all kinds of great different industries. And I guess I'm just a lifelong learner. I love, I love learning and my brain likes to gather information, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, and, and, and think about it, talk about it, whatever it is. And it informed you just a more informed person too. I, I think the more informed we are in a lot of different aspects. And like I, I help you public safety. I have a podcaster. That's a, into alternative education so i know all about and i used to be a teacher so I, i'm into like teaching and education and kids and uh, other podcasters are marketing experts or therapists you know mental health specialists all kinds of different people so it really keeps me on my toes and keeps me informed and i can share that information with people too right well, I want to I want to circle back here um, a little bit to this to this list and um, kind of lay it out. So we talked about yeah. you know if if you want to get started in <laughs> podcasting, you you gotta you gotta first yeah, you know come up with your there. format. Sorry. You know, <laughs> no, that's a, hey, rabbit holes are great. Um, but uh, you know, we we want to come up with our format first. So is are you gonna yeah. is this a solo podcast? Is this an interview style podcast? Right? I mean, there's several different formats. Yeah. So you know, put some thought into that first. And then you need a microphone, you need some editing software, you need to come up with some music. Um, we didn't talk about this, but you need to, you're going to need to put together uh, show artwork, but that doesn't need to be complex either. I mean, you can, you can use Canva mm-hmm. for free and there's all kinds of templates on there for this exact sort of thing. Yeah. And, I just saw uh, some show artwork for a show today and you know, simpler is often better. It was just, it was like mm-hmm. just a green square, black letters, and that was it. No, yeah, no graphics, no images, nothing. It's just saying what the the show is, and you you want it to be legible. You want to be able to read it when it's small on the phone, right? Like the average size on a phone is like sixty five by sixty five pixels or something pretty tiny so you want to mm-hmm. be able to at least read the title and have it so people can understand a little bit of of what it's about have it stand out so yeah you need a little bit of a yeah. little bit of artwork a little bit of artwork you need to have a podcast host to host all yep. of your your audio a place for the the audio files to actually live on a cloud server somewhere so they can be served up to the uh, podcast directories yeah, so they're served up through a, what's called an RSS feed, a syndication feed. Your your website host isn't going to be able to 
stream audio and serve it up the same way in most cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have a dedicated Which server, there's some then decent- possibly... There's decent, there's, well, I shouldn't say decent. There's really good podcast hosts out there that oh, yeah. uh, you can get into for as little as like seven or 15 bucks a month. Yeah. You know, Buzzsprout is a big one that a lot of people like and use and, and they're pretty affordable. So, yeah. And there, there are some that offer free plans for you to get started. I think Spreaker has a free plan, uh, allows you to upload a certain number of minutes a month or something certain number of episodes. I can't remember. Um, but it, it's a way to get started and then you can always upgrade to, yeah, $9 a month or something. If you need more, need more space or more episodes. Um, I think they cap it at like a hundred episodes, but that's almost, if you're doing it weekly, that's still almost two years. By the time you're into it, two yeah, years, yeah. you're going to know whether you want to upgrade <laughs> to, into the nine dollars a month you'll probably like have that. the budget by then yeah <laughs> hopefully you figured out the budget yeah. by then yeah exactly for a couple hundred dollars you could probably get into it really right a lot of it's just organizing and then taking the action dedicating yourself and i you know i can put in the show links a resource for people so they can see all the different steps and the phases like that um kind of that launch yeah, roadmap great. that we went through right and so that kind of gets you to understand the different steps and phases and again you're just taking it one step at a time do this do this do this and before you know it you'll you'll get there might take you a little longer than some but that's just that's how it works when you're climbing a mountain used to do a lot of that too <laughs> one step at a time right <laughs> I used to climb uh, high altitude uh, mountains like um, Denali and Alaska and that sort of thing. And when you get up towards the top, you're basically, you're taking a step and then taking like five breaths and then a step and five breaths. But as long as you're continuing to move I forward, you'll, you'll get there. And sometimes putting together a podcast might feel like that. It's just like, oh, I got to do this too. I got to do that. But if you have a checklist and you're moving along, you'll get there. I would say for me, the first 10 to 15 episodes were the most challenging because it took me about that long to get into a groove. And, Mm -hmm. and then I think it was probably around, uh, probably around episode 20, maybe somewhere around more like 25 is where you took over with everything. Um, Mm -hmm. and now I feel great about it. Now it's, (laughs) now it's a no, it's a lot easier to do when I can just record and say, here you go, James, when are you going to have it done? <laughs> so what's your on um, kind of going back to this list of what people need to get started? Do you need to yeah. have a website? Do you have to have a website in order to, to start a podcast? No, you do. You actually do not. Most of those, okay, if you good. get the hosts, You're on the same page. You know, most of those hosts actually provide you a podcast website. Yep. As part yeah. of the, that seven dollars a month or whatever you're paying so it's you're not just getting the podcasting hosting you're getting a little website that will display the the episodes and whatever information you want to put on there so yeah yeah eventually you might you would want your own dedicated branded website for sure yeah but to start with you 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 can 
start scrappy and bootstrap it pretty easily without one. Yeah. Especially if you're just trying to proof of concept. If you're just trying to prove a concept and an idea, start it for free on uh, one of those free hosts or whatever it is. Start it for $7 a month. Run it for a few months. Get some feedback. Get some listens. Get some ideas. Yeah. Awesome. Well, James, you uh, how, how does somebody get in touch with you if they want to be a part of your uh, uh, your group coaching for starting a podcast. And um, obviously you probably w- are, are, are available to take on other podcasts for editing and management as well, right? So um, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. Uh, they can go to my, my website is mcleanmedia.com, M-C-L-E-A-N media. And then the uh, podcast coaching, there's a little... Um, it's actually like a wait list right now. <laughs> it's called podcastlaunchparty.com. So you can go there and sign up and get on the list and it'll start sending you podcasting tips and ideas and you can start and, and you'll get that actual um, launch roadmap and you can start filling in some of those thoughts and ideas around your podcast. Like you say, starting to think about your format, who you want to help, how you want to help them probably brainstorm some names for the show, research other podcasts in that same industry or niche, see what they're doing. There's nothing wrong with emulating someone who's having success and putting your own personal twist on it. You know, you're still going to find your your people, your tribe are going to gravitate towards you. It's one of those marketing things, right? I think you've mentioned this recently. It's okay <laughs> to alienate a certain amount of people <laughs> as long as you're like appealing you want to the to. ones you want to, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. I want to alienate people. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, that's awesome. I, that was, um, do, do you have any, was there anything else you felt like we needed to cover today that we, we haven't, or do you have closing thoughts you want to share? Yeah, I, I would just say one of the other real benefits to to podcasting that I find uh, a lot of people don't think about, and sometimes maybe I do because I, I also record my son sometimes when he's talking because I'm bad about writing things down in like a baby book or whatever, keeping track. And sometimes because I'm into recording, it's easier for me to record. But when you are recording a podcast and that sort of thing too, you're kind of, you're creating a bit of a legacy, something that you can go back to years from now or share with someone years from now is creating a bit of a record of where you were, what you were doing and all that sort of thing. And I think that's kind of, uh, kind of a really cool thing. A lot of people don't think about that, but after a while you can go back and listen to it say well that's kind of cool or share it with your kids when they grow up they're like what you did this so you know we used to record on those little cassette tape recorders <laughs> yeah i used to do that too um but yeah i guess now i i will forever be alive on apple podcasts even after i am yep. no longer here <laughs> exactly I'll still be around we'll hear your awesome. voice well, James, thanks for 
being on the show. It was awesome having you on. And of course, um, thank you for everything that you do for the podcast. I can't even tell you enough how much I appreciate you personally, obviously, but I know the <laughs> listeners do too, because I've gotten a lot of feedback from listeners and uh, a lot of them say the same thing. They always say, man, the production on your show is just awesome. It sounds great. The audio is always good. And they comment on how much better it is than a lot of other podcasts they listen to. And so you, you are really the, the big reason behind behind that. And so thank you for that. Uh, I really appreciate yeah. it. Hey, you're so welcome. It's a pleasure to help you out with that. And uh, I know you, you take pride in, in helping to do those things that make it easier for me to, to edit and, and produce a, a richer sounding show. And you, and you have some pretty cool music too. I like your music. I dig my music too. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. <laughs> awesome. Right. Well, as always, folks, uh, we will put links to everything that we talked about here today in the show notes when we put that together. So you can find all those resources there. Uh, and of course, James will link to uh, his resources for you if you want to check out um, the material that he's put together to help you start your podcast. And um, all that will be in the show notes. So this is episode 32. So you can find all of that by going to psi.chat forward slash 032 and everything will be there for you all right james uh well, i guess we'll we'll catch you on the backside uh and, and we'll, we'll talk about well. editing here we go <laughs> excellent see you all soon right. man <laughs> hey thanks for sticking around till the end of the show if you enjoyed this episode please consider leaving a review at psi.chat forward slash review I would love to hear your feedback, and it will also help other public safety innovators like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to psi.chat, click on episodes, and search this episode number, and you'll find all the links, descriptions, and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe, and you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.